You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our Sex Podcast Collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Today's episode of Holly Randall Unfiltered is brought to you by Twisties. Twisties is my longest running client. I've been shooting for them for over a decade, and they are also the best site for lesbian erotica on the web. You know, on this show, we talk a lot about ethical porn and consent and boundaries. Let me tell you that when I shoot for Twisties, we cover all of those topics and you can rest assured that you are definitely accessing the most ethically produced porn out there. I, as the producer and the director, make sure of that. So check out twisties.com where you can access the hottest girl-girl scenes out there with big stars like Abella Danger, Demi Sutra, Kira Noir, Cherie DeVille, and Alexis Fox. Plus, up-and-coming newcomers like Jules Blue, Lulu Chu, Alexis Tay, Charlotte Sins, Giselle Blanco, and so many more. Go to twisties.com today. You will not regret it. We talk a lot on this podcast about how self-pleasure and self-exploration is tantamount to getting to know your body and having a good relationship with your sexuality. This is why I love Love Honey, because not only are they the world's biggest online sex toy and lingerie store, but they actually can help guide you to the perfect masturbation tool for you. Love Honey has revolutionized the sexual wellness industry with their range of vibrators, clitoral stimulators, and penis head masturbators. Their three bestsellers right now are the Womanizer Premium 2, which is a waterproof clitoral stimulator. It is fucking amazing. The We Vibe Nova 2, which goes beyond the classic rabbit vibrator. It combines the pleasure of G-spot stimulation with powerful clitoral vibration. And gentlemen, I haven't forgotten about you. You gotta try out their Blow Motion Warm Rechargeable. It's an incredible penis head masturbator for enjoying authentic blowjob sensations. It heats up to 40 degrees Celsius inside and actually looks like a fancy smart speaker. So it's one of those things that you could kind of just leave next to your bed and nobody would be the wiser. Right now, lovehoney.com is offering our listeners 20% off your order when you enter code HOLLY20 at checkout or if you use the link in our episode description. That's lovehoney.com, L-O-V-E-H-O-N-E-Y, and use code HOLLY20 to get 20% off of these amazing toys. lovehoney.com, code HOLLY20. The link is in our episode description. Hi, I'm Holly Randall, and welcome to my podcast, Holly Randall Unfiltered. This is a show about sex, the adult industry, and the people in it. I'm a 21-year veteran of this fascinating little industry, and as the eldest child of the trailblazing erotic photographer Suze Randall, you could say I grew up in it. So forget everything you think you know about porn, because this show is going to change your mind. My guests are some of the biggest names in the industry, and we unabashedly reveal the real behind-the-scenes stories. The funny, the inspiring, the tragic, and the bizarre. Everyone has an opinion about sex work, but few people actually listen to the sex workers. So sit back and prepare yourself for a podcast, which is honest, raw, and unfiltered. Hello. 
Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Holly Randall Unfiltered. Today, we get to take a glimpse into a part of the porn industry that I am not terribly familiar with. So I'm really excited that my guest today um, is an American woman who moved abroad and has since become one of the most famous porn stars working in Japan. Please welcome June Lovejoy. Hi, June. How are you? Good. Thank you so much. What a lovely introduction. No, I, um, I, like I said, I'm so excited to have you here. I've had quite a few guests ask me about looking into what, um, I guess you call JAV, right? The Japanese right. Adult video industry. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, it's definitely one that I'm not familiar with. I've heard things, but I don't really know much about it. Okay. And I'm sure it's quite different from, um, the American adult industry. So I'm really excited to like learn all about it. Great. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much. So you you actually grew up, though, in America. So how yes. did you end up in Japan? So I grew up in America and I was born and raised there. Um, and around the time that I finished college, I actually got a scholarship to study abroad in Japan. And I'd always wanted to live in Japan. So it was just absolutely perfect. And I, I moved to Japan, uh, finished school here, learned the language, and then entered or started working at a regular company. When I say regular, I mean non-adult company. Um, Okay. That's like, I ended up here, school and work. So what drew you to Japan in the first place? Oh, I I just, as a kid, I just really liked it. I'm really nerdy. Behind me, you can see uh, all of this nerd stuff that I spend too much money on. Um, As a kid, I think a lot of people my age can relate, but I grew up with like Sailor Moon, One Piece, Dragon Ball, and I was really fascinated with Japanese culture, especially the pop culture side. Um, and thankfully, that turned into like academic pursuits where I wanted to understand the language and the culture. Uh, so, yeah, but it, from nerdy roots, definitely. So to me, like when I the fact that you're fluent in Japanese to me feels just it looks like such a difficult language for an English speaker to conquer because first of all, learning another language is hard enough as it is, but like it's an entirely different alphabet and also like sentence structure. And, um, just, there's so many things that are different about it. How, how hard is it? How hard was it for you to learn language? Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of insane. When I came to Japan, I, I don't know why I did this. I'm grateful I did, but I turned all of my electronic devices, every single thing I owned, I put it in Japanese setting. Even if I couldn't read it, I obviously could not read it. And I put like a personal ban on myself. I wouldn't allow myself to hang out with anyone who spoke English. And then any media I consumed, like books, music, movies, I wouldn't allow it to be anything other than Japanese. So it was hard, um, but I kind of threw myself into the deep end and then just hope for the best. And for that, I'm really grateful. But I, it was... Again, like I said in the last question for my last answer, I like nerdy stuff. So even if I couldn't understand everything that I was watching or reading or listening to, um, because it was something I wanted to watch or wanted to play like a game, um, it wasn't too hard. But um, I think with more so living in Japan, I felt more, I felt faced more difficulties than necessarily with the language because I already wanted to learn the language and I was already making active efforts to learn so or do mm-hmm. so. Sorry. So what, so then what were your challenges besides the language about living in Japan? Uh, So even though I can speak the language just fine, 
um, and I understand the culture and all of that, I will forever be an outsider, which is really hard to come to terms, especially as an American, because there's some, there could be people in America, like in San Diego, where I went, like I grew up mostly. Um, there can be people who look just like the Japanese people here that I meet every day, and they are American, and I don't think anything differently of them. But here in Japan, I will always, forever, no matter how long I live here, no matter how well I speak the language, be an outsider, and that that's really painful. I, um, there's good things and bad things. I can get more work because I'm a little bit rarer, rarer here. But mm -hmm. I, when I want to just be me and not be someone to be like sold or uh, like towed around or show off on TV, um, it's kind of stressful because I feel like I can never turn off that outsider feeling and never just relax. Um, you get scared out a lot too. Okay. Yeah. Are you talking about that then in your personal life and work? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. I would say personal life more. I, well, even in work, in the porn industry, I feel like I feel at home more because it isn't really so much of like outsider versus us because in the porn industry, it already is a bunch of outsider, social outsiders. So That's I feel true. like with that, we can kind of bond and I'm already a part of the, like the porn team, which is really nice. Um, and part of why I really enjoy working in the industry here. But especially in my day-to-day -day life, uh, and now with COVID, there's not a lot of foreigners here. This isn't me saying, oh, I'm so beautiful, oh, blonde, wow, lovely. No, but in Japan, it isn't as common because everyone has black hair, dark dark eyes. Um, and you get stared at, and I wasn't used to that because in America, I recently went back to America as well last, last month. Nobody looks at me at all. It is lovely. No one is staring at me. But even if I just go to the supermarket, little kids will look, older people will look. They don't mean anything by it, but they haven't really seen someone like you. So they're going to stare. Interesting. Interesting. So when you um, were first living in Japan, you were working a corporate job, right? Right. And so what, what was that um, like? What was that job and what was it like? Uh, I can't, I said in India, I can't say the company's name, but Basically, okay. I helped, thank you. <laughs> uh, I taught or like assisted Japanese companies on how to market their stuff to non, a non-Japanese audience and how to interact with, especially like English speakers on a corporate level. So the polite way to interact with a Japanese business person is entirely different than how you would interact with an American business person. Um, and so I helped guide that. And I wasn't an English teacher, but I was the only English speaking person on the team and the only foreigner that that company had ever had. Um, so I don't think they were equipped to deal with a foreigner, um, even though, because my Japanese was fine and I could speak English as well. So they obviously really wanted to hire me and I really loved the company itself. I, I've always loved that company. Not now, obviously, but um, it's, a, it's a really big company. And I, whenever something would happen, uh, like something didn't go well, they would use me as a scapegoat. They would say, oh, June doesn't understand Japanese culture. And that's why this deal didn't go through. Or June didn't speak enough, like uh, well enough Japanese to do the proper level of communication that was needed for this deal. And in reality, I had nothing to do with those projects, but the higher ups, they don't look that like, um, microscopic at things and it was very stressful because i thought oh maybe i, I felt like gaslighted i was like oh my my japanese isn't good enough i need to study harder work harder so i don't make a problem for everyone or cause problems for everyone when in reality now looking back oh it was there was just a bunch of really bad people you just using me as as a reason for them for their own lack uh like problems or failures mm -hmm. um 
And there was a lot of like sexual harassment, not not done to me, but most heartbreaking thing that I still really regret not being able to solve um, for those people is we would have new hires and they would really like me because I'm very friendly. I'm Japanese people. They're kind of, they have like this pride thing. There's something called senpai kohai. And if you are above them and been working at the company longer, you are, it's just a rank thing. You're mm -hmm. technically above the new hires mm -hmm. and I wouldn't, I don't really like that. So I would just be really nice to anyone, any new hire. And these new hires would be sexually harassed by higher ups and they would confide in me and say like, Oh, June, like this guy said that if I sleep with them or if I exchange phone numbers with them, that he'll help me move up in the company. And it makes me feel really uncomfortable because I want to say no, but then I feel like that'll get me in trouble with work or affect my career. And I would, they'll be, oh, okay, just leave it to me, sweet summer child, and go up to the higher-ups and then nothing would happen. And then those girls would eventually quit. And that happened over and over every time we had new hires. And it really weighed on me mentally because I couldn't do anything for those girls, even though I thought I was or I thought I could. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so intensely frustrating. Um, no, it's heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, God. But yeah, there's nothing worse than like, not being able like seeing a problem occur over and over again like that and not being able to do yeah. anything about it that's pretty that's pretty especially shady. as an american where i felt like there was an hr department i could go to and it would all be yeah. solved but in japan like oh it's just how things are june it's just japan yeah. that's they would always <laughs> say that to me i'm like that right. is so bad that you're just like okay with this <laughs> yeah so what are, I'm just curious because I, I really don't know anything about Japanese culture. Okay. You were saying um, that, you know, the way of doing business in Japan is different than mm -hmm. America. What were some like key differences that you saw in, in how that works out? I lost you once more. I don't know if you can hear me. Oh. No. <laughs> there Welcome there I am. Back. Is that is that me cutting out? That's so weird. I have nothing oh, yeah. uploading. I have I'm like right by the router. Yeah, I'm not that close. It's still across the way. Um, do I even have an Ethernet port here? I don't even have one. So, um, okay. Okay, sorry. Yeah, you're fine. Okay, great. Um, should I, I'll ask the question again. I don't know if you even heard my question. I I think I, I got the first half of it where you were saying, what are the key differences? And then it cut out. But I think you're asking me about the differences between interacting on a corporate level with English and Japanese speakers or Americans yes, versus Japanese. Basically the difference between how the Japanese do business and how Americans do difference mm -hmm. and like key differences that you saw. Okay. Do you want to ask the question again for the sake of the recording or do you want me to just answer? I don't think I need to. Right, Ernie? Okay. Okay. Sure. Okay. So I'm curious because I really don't know anything about Japanese culture at all. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that there are some pretty significant differences in, in how um, Japanese 
business is performed and American business practices. Right. So what were some of the key differences that you saw? Uh, the biggest, well, at least I always thought it was kind of funny and cute is Japanese people would see like Hollywood movies or TV dramas and think, oh, Americans are just really friendly and that's how we should talk uh, to them, even on a corporate level. So I would literally see uh, Japanese people try to interact with these big boss American types and just say like, yo, what's up kind of thing. And I was like, you can't do that. That's <laughs> totally inappropriate. We have, like, <laughs> and then they would say, <laughs> but on the opposite side with Japanese, it's so polite. Even if we're the same age, um, we're pretty much the same status. If I don't know you very well, it is super, super polite. And there's levels of politeness in the Japanese language and it is intense. There's about like three, four levels. Um, and I, it, but pretty much, I think the friendliness or the level of frankness, I guess, with the comp, uh, with how you interact with business or on on a business level, is what I noticed the most. Um, and like gestures or thing or practices, like you have to give like a business card when you meet in um in a Jap like in a Japanese a Japanese person on a business in a business setting, versus um if I meet. If I met you today, it wouldn't, I hope this isn't disrespectful. Maybe I've been brainwashed by, uh, Japanese people, but I wouldn't have to reach out and get my business card and say, Oh, thank you. I hope, you know, let's, I hope things go well together or something like that. That's how it's translated in Japanese. Like, yeah. No, I look I would forward not, to working with you. No one has business cards anymore. I was actually thinking about that because I had like a bunch yeah. of them printed up for like AVNs many years ago and I threw them out. So oh my like, gosh. When was the last time I gave out a business card? And like, and if someone gives me a business card, I'll be like, I don't. Are you gonna do with it? I don't want that. Like, <laughs> just give me your phone number. I'm assuming you're pulling out a business card. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I just. This is how important it is. I'm not gonna open it because it's a bunch of private information. Uh -huh. But this entire folder is just filled with business cards, and I still just like have tons in here that I just throw and organize later. It is so intense. And I just forget who they, if there's no picture, I don't remember. It's not any yeah. slight to them. And then yeah. I have mine in here. It is yeah. so important. That's so interesting. Well, I mean, cause when I put people in my phone for, I can put a note about them, like, you know, I'm cinematographer. Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. Right. That's so interesting. So how did you make the jump from working in a corporate world to Jav, right? Is that how you pronounce it? Jav? Uh, you can say Jav. Um, the person who interviewed me yesterday called it Jav. J-A-V. Uh, I, I don't really know. I, I, I say J-A-V. I, I say J-A-V though. I was going to say, yeah. Is it like, okay. Is, do you Because we say A-V. Yeah, I think it's J-A-V. But in Japan, we don't call it J-A-V or A. We call it A-V. Adult a -V. videos. Okay. Yeah, A-V. Right. Of course, you're not going to call yeah, we, it Japanese. <laughs> right. Of course. Like I'm not going to exactly. say the American Amer porn industry, I'm <laughs> porn, the porn right. industry. Exactly. Yeah, that kind of ethnocentric thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So how did you make that leap? This is the hardest question for me to answer because every time I answer it, I, I feel like what I'm saying is reasonable, but then the people in the comment section are like, no, that doesn't make any sense. Like you're a crazy person, but all I can say is, you know, my, my own truth. So when I worked with that company, it was so bad. And I don't think I ever expressed just how bad it was. Um, and I just didn't feel human anymore. I would come in super early, stay super late around me. Everyone was suffering. I was suffering. And 
eventually there was like a breaking point. I tried to quit many times, but they, again, gaslit me and said, oh, if you quit, no one else can speak English. No one else can do what you do. The company will suffer. Your coworkers will suffer. We need you. And I would feel like as if I couldn't quit. But I started, I, I'm a very sexual person and a big, big, big pervert. Um, but because of the stress of my work, I couldn't even do anything in my own private time versus like where, even if that would be going out on dates and doing something or even by myself. Um, and that was taking a toll on me mentally as well. And physically, I didn't really have a way to kind of de-stress in that way. Um, and I started thinking every time I tried to leave the company and ask my friends or my coworkers, like what, there has to be something better than this. And they, they would always say, Oh, June, it's Japan. All companies are corrupt. And that really, really sucks. That's insane that everyone can say that with a smile or even come like somehow come to terms with that with themselves. But, um, I started looking around, um, for like sex work thinking, mm -hmm. Hey, if they're all, if I'm getting fucked, I'm going to get paid to get fucked. Like I, I honestly, <laughs> that was where I was at and I wanted to do those things. And I felt if all of them were bad, I might as well make a lot of money and enjoy myself physically if they're all bad. And mm -hmm. I looked around, we have something that's kind of, I don't know, I've never seen anything like it in America, but it's basically like a red light district and it's all legal. Um, mm -hmm. And you can have like intercrural sex or um, just like the lotion kind of stuff, just anything under the sun, you, you, if you mm -hmm. can imagine it, it's there. But with that, I felt I could maybe... I would have a higher risk of getting like attacked or stalked or worst case scenario, like STDs. And I didn't want that. So I looked at the porn industry and in my mind, I was like, even if this is corrupt and bad, they have STD checks. You know what you're going to do on set before you do it. It's highly regulated. I have an agency behind me. I would be protected more so than I am right now in my corporate job. Um, so, I mean, I, I guess pervert plus stress from an old job, uh, wanting to get out and just do something fun. Those were my three big reasons. I mean, I, you say that people say that that doesn't make sense, but that totally makes sense to me. And by the Thank way, you. I hear, I hear this story here in the States all the time. I think we can probably all agree that pretty okay. much all big corporations are corrupt and company. You know what okay. I mean? Like when it comes to when money is the, I guess money is the main focus of working, right? It's kind of like, a of course, thing to say, but, but I, I just, in court, I mean, corporate America is so corrupt. It's, it's terrible. So I hear, I've heard this story from so oh many women who are like, I hated my job. I was working overtime. I wasn't appreciated. I was, mm -hmm. some women have talked about being sexually harassed, um, all of those things. And they wanted to go into an industry that first of all, piqued their interest because they were sexual people. I personally think that that's mm -hmm. something that's so important. You have to love sex in order to get into the porn industry. Yes. Um, you know, we see people who just like need money and, and it's an easy low bar of entry and easy way to make money. Mm -hmm. I think those are the people that end up regretting doing yes. it because it is, you know, it definitely comes with its negative sides as well. So you need to make sure that it's something that you really want to do. Yeah. Um, I think Asa Akira actually said it best, who is Japanese. Um, mm -hmm. She said that uh, you have to really love having sex to work in the adult industry, because if you don't know amount of money will make the job worth it. Yeah, that's true. You know, because if you don't love what you're doing and you end up regretting it, it doesn't matter how much money you make. None of that. Like if you yep. compromise your own personal integrity and that's yep. different for everybody, um, yep. I don't think any money is worth it. So 
Yeah. So to me, I mean, that story absolutely makes so much sense. Oh God, so it makes some, that makes, that, that, that means so much to me, to be quite honest. Good. Good. Um, but I'm glad I can help you feel better. Thank you. Honestly, <laughs> I've always, every time I answer people are like, June, that doesn't make any sense. But in my mind, I'm like, yeah, but it does. But it uh, does make sense. It does make sense. And also like to have, to do things on your own terms. And there's so many positive sides to working to sex work and, you know, it's so it's 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 everyone. It's it's up. To, yeah. it's, sorry, it's different for everyone. You weigh right. the good and the bad. Um. So tell me about your first like job. Tell me about that first experience. What were you thinking oh going goodness. into that? My first gig. Oh my goodness. Um. Fun little side note. I was still working at the like corrupt corporate job, and I just took the day off, which okay. was miraculous that they even. No, I think I faked being sick. They wouldn't let me have the day off, so I called and I was like. Oh. Oh, I just don't feel so good. Um, yeah. <laughs> even if they watch this, they don't speak English. So it's like, but anyways, um, I showed up and my assumption already that everyone there was a part of the Japanese mafia. That's just the kind of image that the industry has. Um, it's not true. I came to find, but that's what I was thinking. And I showed up on set and it was just bright, clean, a nice camera lady, you know, greeted me and said, Oh, this is your first film. I'm so excited to work with you. Thank you for coming. And she was so nice. But in my head, I'm like, wow, mafia members are really pretty. And they're so nice. I still <laughs> didn't. like. <laughs> and they took me to the makeup room and the makeup artist was like, oh, I'm excited, excited to meet with you. Thank you for coming. And everyone's just very cordial, polite in the corporate level. It's like, wow, everyone in the mafia is so, got such good manners. (laughs) Like, man, I should have joined the mafia sooner. Um, But it was just fun. I I was like a little nervous, not about, and and I I say this in other interviews and even to my fans, I wasn't nervous about having sex or getting naked on camera. That was exciting for me personally. And I had no problem. I wanted to get, and I'm so sorry, I just wanted to get fucked. Because I hadn't in so long because I didn't, I, I couldn't go out and date. And here was someone who wanted to fuck me and they were tested. It was a safe environment. I forgot about the camera and the crew, to be quite honest. I just wanted to have a good time. Um, and the director, I will never forget him. I didn't know how to pose or what kind of smile or what kind of facial expression to do. And there's this famous Japanese restaurant here in Japan called Sushi Zanmai. And it's the commercials always have this old guy going like sushi zamai and they're like do that every time we take a photo and it just made everyone laugh because i was basically mimicking this almost like a mcdonald's commercial to get the smile that they wanted uh and i i will never forget that it was so fun that's amazing i love Mm -hmm. that i love hearing stories i feel like that first experience in the adult industry kind of Mm -hmm. marks your path for everything else. So I love hearing people who have a good experience at first, because I feel like that, that leads you along, hopefully the right path for you. So, so this, what was your scene partner? Like I had multiple scene partners, but the first person that I ever worked with, um, he, he was just jacked and and you don't really see that in Japan and I'm not necessarily into muscles, but he was just like an Adonis kind of body style. Um, very cut, very beautiful. Just looking at him, I was just so moved. I was like, you work so hard on your body. You are beautiful. And again, I, he just said like, you know, I really, I really would like to have sex with you. And it just felt like, even though we were making a film for people to enjoy, it felt like a very intimate and private and exciting experience for me. And it felt really fun to be desired and 
for someone to accept me desiring them. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a really nice experience. The first scene was just on a bed, on a relatively small bed, and just allowing the actor to kind of, and he's a, like one of the big, big pros here in Japan. Uh, his name is Ikudan. He's very beautiful. Um, <laughs> but just allowing him to just touching uh, to touch me and uh, do these acts relatively slowly, but I was already just fired up and ready to go. So with most debut films in Japan, either the girl has like no sexual experience or she's a virgin, but I clearly wasn't. And I think things sped up and escalated pretty fast. And I had a great time. Wait, wait, hold on. So, yeah. Okay, so yeah. most girls' debuts, they have no yeah. sexual experience or they're a virgin? Yes. So, so they, like, in for real? For real, for real. Like, when you said you need to, like, enjoy sex and know yourself and know your own, like, values and, and personal integrity, what is okay and what isn't before you join the industry, I agree with that wholeheartedly, and I'm so glad you said that. But in Japan, the girls, yeah, they might... There's, there's two. I've interviewed one Let me, let me bring it back. They mostly come into the industry for money and then regret it. And then I, I don't want to use this word, but whine and complain about the industry saying that it's bad and all of that, but they hadn't had sex before they went into the industry. So they don't know what they like and what they dislike until it already happens. And they already had a traumatic experience yeah. versus this is another f- interesting case in Japan. A lot of virgin girls will want to give their first experience to someone who won't hurt them, doesn't have STDs and knows what they're doing. So if I've actually interviewed girls who are like, oh, I really wanted to give my first time to this porn star, this guy, and they will go into the industry just for that. Um, that is so interesting. <laughs> Why do you think that is? Um, I think it's because of the, I don't want to shame Japanese men, but for overall, I would say Japanese men aren't, as gentle if they don't have a lot of sexual experience and maybe yeah. the people that that girl would know or that person that actress would know uh she wouldn't feel safe or that she could have a good sexual experience but finding an experienced partner who you know is not going to stalk you is not going to hurt you once the film is done they feel like they can actually enjoy it a bit more Mm-hmm. But for me, if you're going to the porn industry, you're kind of throwing away every other option. I can't just go work at a 7-Eleven down the street anymore. Like they're not going to have me. Um, not to say that job is beneath me, but just to show you like those easy entry level jobs that pretty much anyone can get, I can no right. longer do. So just because you want to have a really good sexual experience, you're going to go into the porn industry. I can't really say I agree with that, but that is something that women do in Japan. Yes. And I've interviewed those yeah. people. That's so interesting. That's crazy. All right, guys, we are going to take a quick commercial break. Um, and we could come back. We're going to talk about some of the big differences between the American and the Japanese adult industry and um, so much more. So hang tight. We'll see you in a minute. Guys, I got to tell you that I absolutely feel you when you're having ED problems. I can't tell you how many experiences I've had on set where the guy just can't get it up and it's the most awkward experience for everybody. Now, you may not be a porn star, but you might be somebody who is struggling with erection issues in the bedroom. And that's okay because Rex MD is here to help out. Most men's health issues have really simple solutions. Rex MD is all about simple solutions. RexMD makes getting generic and branded Viagra easy. Everything's online, even the prescription, and they deliver to your door. No office visits, no talking to a receptionist. It's super simple. 
Did you know that Viagra can cost around $90 a pill? But RexMD has generic Viagra for just $2 a pill. That's an insane price difference. All you have to do is fill out a quick medical questionnaire on their website, and a U.S.-based doctor will review your situation and prescribe you the generic Viagra, if appropriate. Your medication is shipped right to your door with free two-day shipping. It's fast, simple, and cheap, and you can access your RexMD physician anytime you need afterwards. RexMD just works, and it works the very first night. Starter packs of generic Viagra are now available for our listeners. Just go to rexmd.com slash holly to get started. That's rexmd.com slash holly to get started. Or click the link in our episode description. Dave is on a mission to level the financial playing field. We've all been in a situation at some point in our lives when we were a little tight on cash. Maybe you could only afford a few gallons of gas in your tank, so understandable considering the crazy price of gas these days. Or you got another save the date and you're wondering how you're going to afford a gift. Dave is the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, buy a wedding gift, or catch up on bills. You can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There's no interest and no credit check needed. Get paid up to two days early and get up to $500 advances without paying a fee. Join millions of members building a better financial future by downloading the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve, member FDIC. All right, guys, we are back. Before we start, I just want to give a quick shout out to my friend, Danny Daniels, who has started her own coffee company. Um, her coffee's amazing. She sent me like a whole bunch of different flavors. Um, like the BDSM was the first one I tried, which will definitely <laughs> give your tired ass a little spanking and get you up in the morning. Um, <laughs> but go to ddroasters.com to get your own special Danny Daniels coffee. So thank you, Danny. Um, okay. So June, let's talk about what are some of the biggest differences between the Japanese porn industry and the American porn industry? Off the top of my head, I can say that the one thing that sticks out to me is that you guys blur out the genitalia for the most part. Yes. Is that true? Mm-hmm. That is true. Yes. So, so we're not, we're allowed to show butt holes, but if you put oh. something in it, like a uh, finger or a toy, you have to censor it. <laughs> so the outside of the butthole is okay. Oh, 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 actually you can gape it. So if you have like, I don't know if it's in the same word in English, but there's something called the anal rose. It's the thing that looks like a bud. I hope that's yes. the same. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't do that, but that looks painful. Yeah. But if you if you can show the gaping side, if it's just if you insert something or put anything in there, you have to put the sensor on it. Interesting. Which is insane to me. That's crazy. Um, so then when there's yeah. actually like so is there penetration then going on? There is, but there a lot of the times, uh, say for example, if an actor can't get it up or um if an actress is like feeling pain down there, we can get away with Sometimes we can get away with just faking it. And that is something that's done on set. Oh, wow, man. That would have saved me so much time on yeah. set if I could have <laughs> just faked the penetration. I'm so oh, good at faking boy. it. I've had terrible <laughs> private experiences. I am really good at faking it. 
So, yeah. So, like, okay. So, it has to be censored once there's penetration. And that is, like, across the board. There's no way that anybody can access non-censored penetration clips or anything like that. Oh, my God, Holly. You ask such a good questions. That's why you're the big boss who makes the big money. So... We can see uncensored stuff online. We don't live in China. And even people in China can access it. I should be careful there. But um, in Japan, it's not blocked. We can see Pornhub. You can log into anyone's OnlyFans. You can log into like Minivids or any of those sites, Fansly. There's uh-huh. no, you just can't produce it and sell it. Or you can't produce and distribute it in Japan. But okay. there are even people in Japan who film uncensored stuff and then just bring it back to their home country where it's legal and upload it. Like they'll use it as a location or a set. Um, but yeah, you just can't, you can't distribute it. That's the law. You can have like a fun, sexy video with your wife or your girlfriend for yourself. But the moment you hit upload, then it's a crime. Okay. So if you are based in Japan, you have a studio in Japan and you upload it from Japan online, that's where it's illegal. Could you film it in Japan have a studio just outside the borders, send them the footage and they upload it to like a, a website that's well known in Japan. And would that be a way to get around it? Or is that just too it's risky? A, it's a gray zone. A lot of people, especially with OnlyFans, a lot of Japanese actresses are uploading uncensored stuff on their own content, uh, are on their own platform. And their reasoning is, well, it's on a foreign server and I'm not selling it to Japanese people. But mm-hmm. technically, I, I would feel like that's still illegal. Um, it's something that you, I personally would, wouldn't want to fuck around and find out. But mm-hmm. it's not illegal to film in Japan. Um, and I would, it's got to be, a, mm, but if you upload to say your foreign company's site and your base, you have like a company based in America, it's again a gray zone, but just filming in Japan isn't illegal. Again, if you mm-hmm. took it outside of Japan, that's that's when it becomes okay. okay it's just a so- really, it's something I wouldn't mess around with. There's a site that was called Caribbean.com, I think, and a lot of Japanese like JV actors and actresses appeared on that. That's uncensored, um, and they got arrested. So I think if you become too big, eventually you will get caught and you will get fined or go to prison. Right. Yeah. I mean, what like how insane are the sentences? Do you have any idea? I've only heard like monetarily, it was really painful for some actors. Um, sentencing, I think I only saw like two to three years. Mostly it's just a fine. Yeah. Um, and the worst part is what I heard from an actor friend is that they release your legal name online. So say you have a stage name and you get arrested, the news will say your legal name. And that's very, yeah. very scary for all, some actresses, especially. Yeah. Yeah. They, they do that here. I mean, for sure. If you end up in the news as a porn star and some, they will 100% put your legal name out there. I mean, honestly, like girls name legal names get leaked online all the fucking time. Um, it sucks, but it's not illegal. So there's not really a lot you can do about it. Um, I think a lot of people I've found in my experience working like with some mainstream people, like mainstream Mm -hmm. documentarians covering the adult industry, they seem to not understand like the gravity of what we call really? doxing somebody and putting yeah. their legal name out there. They don't, they don't see that because like, look, I'm Tom Cruise. That's not his real name. Right. You can look it up. It's Tom. I forget. He's a long last name. Um, but that's like, whatever. He just changed his name because you know, it sounds better. Tom Cruise sounds better than whatever right. his legal name is. 
But like, I think there's so much stigma around, you know, adult performers mm-hmm. and there's so many crazy stalkers who like have real issues with porn and, and, you know, threaten violence that, um, you know, releasing somebody's real name and, and so many people in the adult industry don't have the kind of security that Tom Cruise has to protect them. So it can be so dangerous. And I find that people in the mainstream media really don't get that. They don't see it. No, I agree. I agree. I'm so big on privacy. When I, I try to share as much about myself that I can with my, on or on my platform with my fans, but sometimes I'm sorry. Like, I don't want to sound mean, but they ask too much and they, they're entitled. They, they say like, Oh, uh, like, who do you like? Do you live with anyone? Do you have a boyfriend? And I, and I don't, but like, I don't have to reveal everything. I get naked on camera. Like, isn't that enough? Like I'm already as naked Never. as I can be. Why do I have to <laughs> get naked? Like, personally and privately that's insane <laughs> yeah i know right um so i mean the stigma in the porn industry i mean we were, like we were just saying in america is is huge is it i would imagine it's probably pretty big in japan it almost sounds like it might be worse what do you think yeah this is also real i'm glad you asked that question because for me, when coming to Japan, the most jarring thing for me was that everyone was so shy and talking about sex or even romance was ta- taboo. Like the Japanese guys that I would date, if I even tried to kiss them on the cheek or hug them in public, they would lose their mind. They're like, no, 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 people are looking, people are watching. Don't. So you would think, oh, maybe they're just not used to like sex in their culture. If I go out and walk outside right now, there are so many sex stores like where you could just hire a woman and do sexual things with her and they're advertising it. They, they're not like, there's no question of what kind of store this is. There's this, like a little sign on the outside with the rates and everything. Um, there's girls outside on the street passing out flyers to their like cafes or their stores. You know, you're going to have a good time kind of thing. So it, it's out in the open, but no one wants to talk about it and everyone's really uncomfortable about it, but everyone's doing it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. porn i would say i've i've never worked in the american industry but porn actresses here are i would say they're viewed more a, a little bit better by japanese people than maybe an american porn star is viewed by regular american people in the sense that we i have like a lot of female japanese fans who are not, not just me but let's say like a japanese actress who will have a lot of female japanese fans who do not watch their films at all and don't support that side of their work but they're so pretty and they, they like them for their aesthetic and their beauty um, and the way that they like hold themselves or present themselves. So I, I just feel like there's less of like a dirty image and it's easier for Japanese people to kind of separate the sex side of this person A's work versus in America. I feel like you're always going to be stigmatized and you're always going to be viewed as this hypersexual thing. And when you try to, bring yourself away from that the american people won't allow you to do it whereas i feel like japanese people are more a little bit more welcome to it and encourage it um but i could be wrong that's just me from the outside looking in that's interesting so then are you saying that like somebody who works in like basically does porn in japan could possibly more easily transition or do like mainstream films and not necessarily be cast as the stripper 100% that happens all the time and that's happened with people that I've worked with and I've seen it them do the transition before my very eyes and it's comforting because even now um, I recently went freelance and I introduced myself as a porn actress or an adult entertainer but that is not the majority of my work anymore and I 
I guess you can kind of gain the fame through porn. And if you're, if you have the skills and the communications and, and you're just kind to other people and you work hard, show up on time, um, other routes will like appear to you. And I feel like it's easier for us in the JV industry to transition to those other non-adult routes um, versus someone in the American industry. I, I actually know a girl in the American industry. She, we're friends. I won't say her name just because I don't want to out her, but she is very famous in America. But every time she tries to transition a little bit, her fans are the ones who complain the most. They're like, no, we don't want to see this. We want to see your pussy. And that mm -hmm. just breaks my heart. That's mm -hmm. she's, She can do both. Like She's not just a fuck machine for the rest of her life why would yeah. you want if you're a real fan why would you want that for her anyways not yeah, that it's bad yeah. but not that it's bad yeah. to do porn but she should be able to do anything she wants god that's so true i mean i've had a few stars on who have transitioned out of the adult industry sasha gray is a perfect example oh um, yeah you know she hasn't shot porn in a long time she's a very popular twitch streamer she has a mm. successful youtube channel she has done um mainstream movies and uh, TV. And, you know, yeah, I mean, a lot of times mm -hmm. when I in the comments, it's like, always referring back to, you know, basically being like, she can't do this because she was once this, like, she will always be that girl in the gangbang, like she'll never, you know what I mean? And it's just like, it's sad people... that you can't just like let that go, like let her be. And she's never, and she's she's not ashamed of her past. She's super right. grateful for what she has done. Um, it's it, it's interesting actually because there's never really been an incredibly successful crossover here in America. I mean, mm. people might say Jenna Jameson, but even that, I would say no, because mm. she the only like mainstream she did that uh, zombie movie but she played a stripper you uh, know it's yeah. like they're not letting her move away it's oh and like every time you see a news yeah or a news story about her it's always like porn star even like stormy daniels like it's always mm -hmm. like that tag is always on it when i think of somebody who i know personally who's had an incredibly successful crossover career i think of sunny leone in okay. india um, she, you know, was a porn star, was very popular and she was on an Indian dating show. Um, I think it was like a big brother of India. And okay. then she, ever since then she skyrocketed, she does tons of mainstream movies. She does like, she's huge. She's one of the most famous people in India and <sighs> she hasn't done porn. I, I think it's been like a decade or something. And like, and they won't let it go. No, they're fine with it. Like, I think she, oh, wow. I think okay. Okay. Thank goodness. I think part of her allure is the fact that she did porn, but like she's yeah. doing mainstream movies where she's not playing the stripper and everything. That's the problem is here is when you see like a porn star do a mainstream movie, she almost always plays the porn star right? or a stripper or some sex worker in, in the movie. Like she never right. gets to play anything else, but that it's like, we can never take them out of that category. So um, yeah, I, it's interesting that you say that. I don't, it always blows my mind when I see like comments, like you said on for Sasha Gray and stuff, because for me, I, I meet a lot of Japanese celebrities and work not with them, but behind the scenes, maybe just meet them at parties. And I would say not king shaming, but they are far more depraved than anyone I have ever met in the porn industry. And people are like, you know, their fans are like, wow, so pure, so lovely. Wow. Lovely. Uh, but this guy like eats poop and he's a freak. <laughs> like. <laughs> But no, we're the bad guys and we can't do any other work because we've had sex on camera. Like everyone is kinky. Everyone's freaky. 
and yeah. it's it's just we we make a product of it or we sell it and we're we're open about it but that yeah that's um that's what I think it is. Yeah. I think it's the openness of it. You know what I mean? People are so afraid to be like authentically who they are. And so there's a lot of projection that goes on. I mean, every time I see somebody attack a porn star online um, or, you know, troll someone, I always think to myself, like, what is, he, you know what I mean? Like, this is a reflection yeah. of some deep seated issues that you have yeah. with your own sexuality. It's always that way. I mean, always. I mean, we see it all the time here in our own politics. You know, we see, mm-hmm the politicians who are like, you know, touting the anti-gay agenda. And then turns out they're like fucking dudes in public bathrooms on the down low. <laughs> the most depraved, like just the biggest level of homosexuality, the, the worst side. And they're like, no, we can't have them. But after yeah. this meeting, I will go fuck someone in a bathroom. Like, <laughs> funny. It's, it's just marriage. Yeah. 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 It's just sad that like people feel like they can't authentically be themselves. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of it probably has to do with us as a society starting to look at, try to look at like a lot of things in a different perspective. You know, I think we're, go- we're going through a lot of growing pains right now. You see a lot of people complaining about sexual mm-hmm. fluidity, gender fluidity. Um, you know, we, we like to categorize people and stick them in a box, but I think the more that yeah. we allow people to be kind of whoever they are, I think overall, like the happier we all will be. It's just you're so lovely, Holly. (laughs) Just on the note of uh, what a little bit about the JV industry, something that I've actually been told multiple times, and even recently, is big companies. The biggest issue with being a currently active porn actress is sponsors from big companies, like non-adult companies, don't want to touch you. So, Mm -hmm. say I've I've gotten offers for TV shows, and but they say, oh wait are you still in porn? Like the sponsors won't allow you or you can't appear on this show. You can appear on this show, but you can't appear on this show. But mm-hmm. once you leave the industry, come back to us. And that's always crazy to me because I was, I, you know, once I've sucked dick on camera, just me leaving the industry doesn't change the fact that I've done that. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I will always be that person. But mm-hmm. in Japan, a lot of, it seems almost like as long as you're not currently doing it, you're safe and you can, you can do like TV shows and movies and all of that. I just an interesting little side note. Yeah. I mean, that is 100% not the case here. Like once you've done it, you're that person forever. It's, there's actually a really interesting case. Um, Mm -hmm. I always forget to like make this woman named Nicole and I forget her last name, but she just won a lawsuit against her school because they basically pushed her out because she was training to be a nurse and they pushed her out because they found out that she was an adult film star and she sued them and she won. Which That's is amazing. A landmark case here because it's it's discrimination. But I think people don't see it that way because they think, oh, well, you know, we see discrimination as people being discriminated against for something that they can't help, like your race or your disability or like, you know, whatever you're born with or your mm-hmm. sexuality. But like you made a conscious choice to do porn, right? So therefore right. we're allowed to discriminate against you, even though for some people it's not the right choice. Like for this woman, it wasn't the right choice. She was only in the industry for like a year. I had never worked with her. I'd never heard of her. She had a handful Mm -hmm. of films. And then she was like, this is not for me. She stepped out and then she went on and tried to get a career doing something else. Oh my God. So she she, wasn't even currently active. I'm so sorry. I thought she was doing, Oh my God, the school has no right. 
Absolutely not. I, crazy, right? And it's so, because it, this is like the, the hypocrisy of this is what infuriates me too, because you see so often people saying something like, oh, get a real job. You know, you hear that all oh the time. My- oh, get a real job. Well, she was trying to get a real job. And she you did won't try to her. leave the porn and you won't let her. You won't let her move on and do something else. Like, yeah. What the fuck? Oh my God, Holly. Yes, exactly. Yes. A hundred percent. That's so infuriating. That makes me mad. I'm smiling, but I'm just I, like in disbelief. I thought yeah. she was currently active, but no, no, she left and people are still like, sorry, no. What did she, what did they expect her to do for the rest of her life? Just die? What is it? I don't know. That? And it's like, you know, and if you're one of those people who believes that the porn industry is a bad place and that like women yes. need to be saved and, and everything, then why won't you let them move on and do something else with their lives? Like, why won't, why won't you, why won't you let them move on? Yeah. You don't want them to be important. They're no longer important. They're doing what you said they did. They're getting a real job. And yeah. like, you still won't let that go. Like, yeah. it's just so unfair. That's an amazing point. It also kind of blows my mind a lot when I see people online, especially with JV, um, Japanese people will do it too. They'll say, oh, this girl was 100% coerced. How could any woman want to have sex on camera? And in my mind, I'm like, no, it's hot. Like, this is wonderful. I, I, I don't know if it's from the shame that you or the issues, unresolved issues that you mentioned earlier, but people really cannot fathom women having any form of sexuality or any sort of sexual appetite. And as someone in the industry and every time I see those comments, I'm just like, I just got finished like blowing my, like just like exploding my pussy and you, you can't fathom that I enjoy this. Mm-hmm. Why? Why? I, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's the whole like Madonna, it's the whole like yeah. virgin whore complex thing, you know, either you're a virgin or you're a whore and there's no <laughs> in between. And, you know, um, so, so, so actually speaking of, we mm-hmm. see like a much, much bigger stigma against mm-hmm. females in the adult industry versus males, you know, like mm-hmm. the the whole idea that if a woman has sex with a lot of men, she's a slut. If the men has sex with a lot of women, then he's a stud. Do you, is that, do you see the same thing in Japan? You will see the same thing, but I think you'll see more jealousy towards the actors than you will in America. Um, a lot of Japanese guys resent, especially if they are like not Japanese, you will see some nasty comments um they no actually yeah that's a really good point okay so in america yeah they might see like um is his name johnny sands he's very handsome i like his youtube channel <laughs> yes. uh like oh wow i want to be just like him i want to <laughs> do all of that um but in japan maybe they might see him and feel threatened and think like mm-hmm. even though in their mind they want to be him they might chastise him and say oh well he's he's no good and he won't make a good husband anyways or he's corrupting women um, but you will, it's, we, we have the same thing where if a guy has a lot of like, non-porn star, if a guy has sex with a lot of women, he is seen at least in a better light than a woman who has sex with a lot of men, um, right. which I think you'll see in any culture, but versus American, I, um, I think less people will idolize that person and more so be jealous and hateful towards it, that actor mm-hmm. or that guy. Does, is there any desire for people in the JV industry to come into the American porn industry, like specifically guys, because I do hear a lot of, I do get a lot of questions like, why are there not more Asian men in porn? Mm -hmm. Do you, do you see a desire for a crossover at all? They want to, I just think, I think um, porn companies in America, they won't cover our flights. I've gotten offers to go and film there and I say, okay, we'll pay for my flight as well. And they say, Oh no, 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 you fly over here and we'll pay you to be in the film. And I'm not dropping $2,000 
to come work with you. That is yeah. insane. Uh, yeah. Not to mention the time, the 10 hour flight and back. I'm not doing that, but I, they, people in the Japanese industry, they want to work in the American one for sure. And I get DMS about it all the time from, from actresses, especially saying like, how can I go over? Um, I think with the guys, they, even though if we joke about it on set and they're like, Oh, I'd like to go to America and film, they're worried about their size because what's considered big in Japan and JFE versus big in American porn are totally different. And even mm. though they have the performance skills and all of that, they might have some sort of hangups about their size um, because there is no censorship. So you, everything will be full glory. And, and they might also be worried about getting arrested because again, it's a gray zone. They're not supposed to be doing uncensored films and any just appearing in one, maybe they might feel like, Oh, I'm putting myself at risk of getting arrested or fined, even though it's not, um, in Japan, they can't again. Like if Japan, it's a law, but Japanese people cannot come to America and smoke weed, even though it's legal. They are legally not allowed as Japanese citizens to smoke weed, in oh, anywhere. Interesting. People obviously don't listen to the law, but if right, you know, it's not something you should really promote that you're doing as a Japanese citizen outside of Japan. Interesting. Okay. Huh. Wow. Um, so are there a lot of other American or even just white women working in the JV industry besides you? I, I see a lot like a Melody Marks. She came over and filmed in Japan and then goes back. But people who are in Japan working as a, a white person or even for non-Japanese, I've only ever seen one or two and they're not very active and they don't speak English. So, and they don't, they might speak Japanese, but they not they're not as like active with the fan base as like someone like me who is like always talking to my fans every day, like through the Discord. Um, so I don't really know much about them, but I have seen one or two. Mm. What are your fans generally like, by the way? Because you're such a um, unique, you're so unique over there. Thank you. Um, my Japanese fans tend to be. I have a, all across the board and I, it's always weird because with every fan, the way they view me uh, kind of depends on the film that they watched and their own personal kinks. So if they saw me in a BDSM film where I played the more masochistic role, the more submissive role, they'll, they'll come to my events and say, oh, June, like, you're just so submissive. I love it. Like, it's so cute to watch like a white girl get domed by a Japanese guy versus I'll have another fan who watched me in more like a dominant film. And they're like, Oh, I love watching you dom Japanese guys. You're just such a dominant beauty. And everyone has this different image of me. And I'm like, Oh guys, I'm a switch. Like you're all, you're all right. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, the Japanese fans are just really nice. I, the only ones that are kind of an issue are the ones who fall. I mean, this is also an American porn. They fall like in love, in love. And I am always open and say, I will not, suck you off we are not going to date if you're pouring a bunch of money into me you need to stop because you're going to start hating me and that's going to lead to violence and i don't want that from you um i have a lot of female fans too which i'm really grateful i'm openly like queer and i always talk about that i love women and in interviews in japanese companies they'll say what was your first sexual experience i'll say oh with my girlfriend they're like no 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 oh with a guy and they they cut that out cut that out they don't want to hear about any lesbian stuff um, but a lot of female fans, they don't watch the film so much, but they they like that I openly like women and I talk about it on Japanese television. And it's not like a joke or seen as derogatory. I just talk about my experience and they they really like that. And that's what they gravitate towards. So is lesbian porn not popular in Japan? 
No, it is, but it's definitely neat, more niche. And you, I don't know what it's like in America, but you get paid much less for lesbian mm -hmm. films. And I, mm -hmm. you don't see it as much. Mm -hmm. um, I, I would actually go as far as saying that it's, I would think lesbian porn is more popular to a Western audience than it is to a Japanese audience. I would make that bet. Yeah, lesbian porn is pretty popular over here, but you do get paid it's less awesome. to do lesbian porn than you do to get okay. than boy girl porn, which sort of makes sense because there, you know, the penetration with boy girl porn like is harder on your body. So, yeah, I guess in that sense, maybe that you makes can sense. see it, but it's still yeah. you're still getting up at the whatever crazy time to make the shoot and then putting yeah. on all that makeup. The effort is still just that it's still there. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um. The idea, there's an idea around American porn actresses that they make a ton of money. And some of them certainly do, especially now with OnlyFans. Um, is, it, is the same, is it the same in Japan? Like, is the pay pretty good? I would say, oh, actually, we have a new law where it makes the pay. It recently passed this month. Makes the pay. I'm going to talk before that law, just my own experience. Okay. I would say it's not worth it. You will make a lot of money, but um, it's only for a set amount of time. And eventually if you don't get popular you won't like it in the american industry too mm -hmm. um you're not going to make any money or get any offers and after that what are you going to do because you've essentially locked yourself out of any other career choice um but as far as per film we'll make anywhere from like 2000 to on the high end maybe 4000 but we, in japan we have these things called agencies and the agencies will take anywhere from 50 to 70 percent uh, a cut and then you have to pay taxes twice because there's two kinds of taxes in uh, in Japan. There's like an income tax that the company takes on top of that. And then some kind of like co uh, country tax afterwards that you pay on your own afterwards. And a lot of girls, they don't pay that country tax later, um, essentially like evading taxes. But I pay both. So it was a really big cut for wait, something wait. that was already getting yeah agencies <laughs> take 50 to 70 percent yes so if you get a thousand dollars for a film you walk away with just 500 smackaroos Yep. how is that how and you cannot survive in the industry yeah i you cannot join the industry without an agency i i'm freelance now but only because i made a huge name for myself and was able to leave that and keep my my name, June Lovejoy. The agency doesn't get to keep that. That's my name. And I was able to move forward in the industry. But you cannot just debut by yourself. You have to go through an agency. Like companies will not touch you. When I say companies, the studios. Interesting. I mean, it's it's not exactly the same here. It's definitely easier to start with an agency. Um, okay. But if a beautiful girl, I mean, you know, if a beautiful girl was to write to me and say you know, when, especially when I had my own studio, I mostly just shoot for like browsers and twisties now, but I would actually mm -hmm. probably refer her to them. If she sent me an email and was like, I want to do porn and she was gorgeous. I would like totally book her on my own. I wouldn't need an agency okay. or like a studio might sign her because nice. so you can definitely, but it, it is easier to start with an agency just also okay. too, because like, I mean, for a multitude of boring reasons, but you could definitely start on your own it would just be harder but you're saying like studios will not hire you if you don't have they any. will not touch you at all i i, I would honestly say 99.9 percent .9 impossible to start without an agency because agencies are really afraid of um being flaked on like say they have like the studio they get all the actors the makeup artists yeah. they poured all of this money and the girl just doesn't show up 
Well, if an if she's through an agency, they can demand the money from the agency, and it's easier to demand thousands of dollars from a big company than from one girl who just ghosted you. Oh, so, interesting. Okay, so the agency actually pays the um, the losses because that doesn't yes. happen here. Okay, that yes. doesn't happen here. If a girl doesn't show up to set, the agent's like, "Oh well, oh, like, my God. What's sorry, the point? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know," and there'll be. There was only one agency that would actually pay like some kind of kill fee, okay. um, but it was only like a couple hundred dollars. But otherwise, they'll be like, "Oh well, sorry. Well, here's who else I have." But yeah, they one hundred percent do not cover your losses. Absolutely not. And they will That's represent a girl who will flake continually. And there's quite <gasps> a few girls in the industry with this reputation. And if you work in porn, I don't need to say their names. You know who I'm talking about. There are some girls who like you book them, and you're like. Will she show up? <laughs> I don't know. Like, heard of. I it's a crapshoot. Oh my god! Yeah, you will get yeeted out of the industry so fast if you pull that here in Japan. No matter how beautiful, talented, how many fans you have, no, because it's expensive. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, I, you of all people know. I, I yeah. wish that I wish that we were a little bit stricter about it because there are some girls that are just like but they're popular and they're beautiful, but they like may or may not show up. Like they are well known to be flaky and fucking studios will still book them and wait around and hope they show up. And yeah. Yeah. And they'll still get work. They will not get blacklisted. It's crazy. Being here because I feel like I'm learning because I I don't know anything about the American industry except from what I hear, maybe from like Melody Marks or maybe a little bit other like porn star friends. Uh, I that is insane. Yeah, so that's why agency or sorry studios will not want to touch just some random beautiful. No matter how beautiful she is, they'll mm. say, "Oh, we can introduce you to a nice agency and then go through them." Um, mm-hmm. what, it, there are good things about being in an agency. You don't ever really. No way. Actually, that's a lie. You still have to show your private information to the studio when you sign a contract. I was going to think maybe there's a level of anonymity, but no, there's no reason. Like agencies are just dumb. Honestly, I think they're the mm. worst part of the industry in Japan. Yeah, they can be problematic here too. And then you get some shady agents that it's better now. I feel like okay, I said, honestly, goodness. ever since OnlyFans came along too, yeah. and girls have a lot more personal like yeah. agency. They um, the agents are a little bit better. Um, there's a couple and of really good ones, but there's a couple ones that are like, like even like I hesitate booking girls from that agency because I'm just like, oh. eh, you know, and like I don't know. It's but. Um, I still think 50 to 70% is, is cuckoo. Um, but, uh, if they're paying the full, like, that's true for the day, it like that makes more sense to me because that definitely does not happen here. Um, do you have any interest ever in like doing anything in the American porn industry or are you happy where you are? I, I would love to do stuff abroad. But, and I might be wrong, I just feel like my body type um, wouldn't do so hot over in America where I, this is my image, but a lot of people have like plastic surgery or like lipo and have like really beautiful, perfect bodies where in Japan, it's better to have like a more natural body. Um, Japanese people really do not like the plastic surgery look, even if it's a little bit subtle. I mean, it has to be intensely subtle. Um, I've gotten offers for stuff in America, but again, they just won't cover the plane. They'll, and then mm-hmm. the cost 
to do the film is just not worth it. It wouldn't even even just to appear in the film, it would not cover the the, the amount of money that it would even cost to be there or fly there. Um, yeah. But the desire it, is there. I might just do OnlyFans collabs with um like if reach out. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Because then you could get some really like, you know, different girls on your platform. That seems to be the right. way that most people go anyways. Can right. I ask approximately how much a girl makes to do a boy girl scene in Japan? Like her yes. scene? So actually recently I met with uh, a porn star and she was telling me about how much she got paid and she kept saying buy scene. In Japan, we don't do buy scene. There isn't, this is how much it costs for a blowjob. This is how much it costs for a sex scene. It's for the entire film. So I, I don't have this thought or this mindset of this scene equals this. It is for the entire day. And yeah, the more times I have sex, I'm like, well, yeah, let's bump it up a bit more. But okay. from the, I would say the average is probably 2000, 2500 for a full day of shooting. So you're making a 160 minute film. Um, but that isn't how much they're filming. And that, that includes like the promotional photo shoot, um, any any package photos, um, plus the sex scenes. So maybe two sex scenes and then like three somewhat like erotic scenes, but they're not penetrative scenes. What? Interesting. So an entire film is generally based around one girl. Is that how it works? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's not that way in America. Yeah, we, we make like an entire DVD um with like a setting or some sort of story and it's an entire day of filming i've actually had a 24 hour shoot before um yeah, completely 6 a.m okay okay that's okay. happened here too <laughs> on features but it's unless it's so we call that a showcase if it's a film okay. completely around one girl that's okay. called a showcase and that's generally not terribly common it's usually like wow to get a showcase is a big deal so okay. like if you're really popular um, and to get like your first showcase is a big deal, but really? it's wow. not all that common. I mean, you'll only get a couple of showcases probably in your entire career. Otherwise you're part of either a DVD compilation, wow. um, like, you know, big titty squirters or something like right. that. You yeah, have yeah. big tits and squirt, but you'll yeah. be <laughs> in only in one scene out of five, That's but also, goes then. and also too, though, since DVDs are like so much less popular now and it's all about internet scenes you're pretty much just hired for one scene so like when i shoot a day for browsers or for twisties i'm only shooting one scene okay that's it and the girl comes in for one scene and then it goes up on the internet but it might get on a comp be put on a compilation dvd somewhere down the line but that's not the main focus the main focus is that it's a scene on an internet on a website that updates like once a week can I, I know like your listeners clearly already know the answer to this, but just for my sake, can I ask how long do you film the scene and how much of that do you actually end up using? Just because yeah. I only know a day we, I did everyone debuts with the showcase. That's all we, we have. Yeah. So, um, uh, it depends on the company. It depends on the producer and how efficient you are. My days are generally about 10 hours, 10, 12 hours. Okay. And that includes the promotional photos, like you mentioned, okay. um, the sex scene photos, uh, because what I shoot for twisties and browsers is generally not like what we call a gonzo scene where it's just the sex. There's yep. dialogue, there's a whole storyline, there's an intro. Mm -hmm. So all of that's what takes the longest. The sex scene only takes me like an hour to film and okay. we'll cut it down to, you know, usually they, the scenes are about 25, 30 minutes. Okay. Um, long, but, um, it'll take me 
12 hours to shoot mm -hmm. a 30 minute sex scene because of just everything that goes into makeup is two hours, right. you know, all of that stuff. So set up breakdown. It's so interesting that the length of time that you're filming is more or less the same that we film, but the amount that we're filming is more and the amount that we use is more, but our days yeah. are pretty much 10, 10, 12 hours, same. But is there a lot of like, is there dialogue and a lot of yes. setup where you shoot in this room and then you shoot in that room and then you shoot in that room Yeah, and then you have to turn, move all the equipment around to shoot this camera angle yeah. and huh. But you got, well, maybe you guys are just way more efficient at filming than we are. I would say Japanese people are more efficient than American people. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I would say I would die on that hill. Oh God. You guys have a bunch of Mike Quasars over there. <laughs> we, we, we do not, people show up on time for sure. If you mess up, if you don't show up, even if as a crew or makeup artist, that spreads so fast and they will not hire you again because no one has time to wait around. Like you told me, you know, you guys are like, maybe she'll come, maybe she won't. That is insane. I would never hear about that yeah. in, in Japan. Yeah. And I mean, we have, you know, like there are definitely people are don't, it is not uncommon for the model to be late. Wow. Like not at all. It's not uncommon. I mean, my crew members are not like this. I'm pretty okay, thank strict, strict on this, but like, I definitely know me. I've worked with makeup artists who are like, they're late. They're like 30 minutes late. And I'm like, <sighs> And, and then I talked to somebody who's worked with them a lot. They're like, yeah, they're always like 30 minutes late. I'm like, the model can be 30 minutes. I mean, she shouldn't be, but the model yeah. can be 30 minutes late, but the fucking makeup artist makeup better be there artists. on time. Like, thank uh -uh, that's you. Not yeah. okay. Makeup so, artist is usually there first. And it's usually yeah, the no shit. and the makeup artist. Yeah. We need you there first. Set up. Yeah. And we can't or do anything until the model's out of makeup. Yep. Crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. That's insane. Oh my God. I'm so glad I get to talk to you because I don't really know anything about the American. And I, I know you're asking me about the Japanese side, but yeah, you're so blowing my mind. Yeah. You're blowing my mind. Look at us just blowing <laughs> each other's minds right here. <laughs> I hope the listeners totally, minds are blown too. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much, June. This has been so incredibly interesting. I really appreciate you making the time for, to come on. Thank you. Um, can you tell everybody where they can find you online? Do you have anything special coming up that you want to promote? Um, you can find me on Twitter, mostly YouTube as well. I, I do my own interview series where I interview people in the JV industry. I use Reddit, pretty much every social media. You can find me Instagram as well. The biggest thing that I've started recently, and it's kind of been something that I should have done sooner, but uh, I started an OnlyFans and it is uncensored. Um, I did go to America and film a bunch and I am going to work really hard on that now. I'm really excited. And if you'd like to see my OnlyFans content and support that, you can find me there. Big things that are coming. Um, I mentioned in the interview, I don't do as much adult stuff anymore. Um, not that I don't enjoy it, just my other work is taking more of my time. I'm actually producing a movie. It's not my movie. I, I'm just on the team as a producer for this movie for like Netflix and um, We'll start filming next year. So I'm excited about that. And I'll start releasing more information as that comes, uh, as, as I can, as I'm allowed to do so. Mm -hmm. So please stay tuned. And yeah, thank you. Fantastic. Do you have like one website that everybody should go to get all of your links or wh where should I, where can I send people to find you? 
like oh, specifically. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Cause I'm like shadow banned. So even if you search June Lovejoy, there is junelovejoy.com. That site is janky beyond all compare because I made it myself. Um, you can go there. Whether or not something works is to be <laughs> determined at a later date. Uh, I really want to fix it. I just don't have time. And I'm afraid to hire someone. I have like big hangups on that. What you don't have like an all my links page or something like that that just has. All I do of have like links? a link tree. I have a link tree, all my links kind of thing. I can uh -huh. make an all my links for the sake of this interview. Is that a site? All my links. I I think it is. It is, but okay. link tree is the same exact thing. Okay, I do so, have a link tree. Okay, is it just what? What's the URL? One moment. Oh, you have to look it up. I'm so, no, I got <laughs> you. Don't know this by heart. Link tree. <laughs> Slash June love joy, <laughs> like the month of love and joy. Okay. All right. So Linktree, is it Linktree? It's Linktree.com, it, right? It's Linktree. It's showing up as Linktree, Linktree.ee. They're not making it easy for us on the podcast. Okay. Okay. That's fine. Ernie's lovely. He's going to put a little uh, uh, thing at the bottom. He always Thank puts you. like text at the bottom. But yes. I just wanted to find out what it was. So he didn't have okay. to like go searching and try to find it. Okay. So it's linktree.com slash June Lovejoy. And then people can find all of your social media and everything there. Yes. Perfect. I'm so sorry. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. Awesome. And then you guys can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at Holly Randall. Believe it or not, I'm still on TikTok. I haven't been banned yet, wow. even though that warning is hovering there. Oh Every day I log in and it's like, account warning, we hate you, but I'm still there. So go to Holly Randall Unfiltered on TikTok and um, you can watch all short little clips from my podcast while I'm still while I'm still on there. And then of course, if you want to support the show and uh, check out all of these interviews, either before they're released or live as they're being streamed from in studio, go to patreon.com slash Holly Randall unfiltered. Thank you guys so much for joining us and I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. If you love my show and want to support it, I ask that you take the time to rate and review my podcast. Now, if you're not sure how to do that, you can go to ratethispodcast.com slash HRU and you'll automatically be directed to the various podcast apps your device supports and then be led to the place where you can rate my show. Five stars, of course, and leave your glowing review. Okay, it doesn't have to be glowing, but you know, say something nice. You can also financially support this show through my Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered, where you get so many perks for your support. Things such as early releases and live recordings of my interviews, merchandise such as stickers, mugs, and hoodies, autographed copies of my photography books, free access to my private Snapchat and not safe for work website, hollyrandall.com, and my bonus podcast, My LA Porn Life. Also, join my Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash hollyrandallunfiltered, and you can watch the video versions of these interviews at youtube.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered. Oh, and of course, sign up for my newsletter at hollyrandallunfiltered.com and get all the info on upcoming guests and special projects. Again, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for supporting my podcast in whatever way that you can. <laughs> <laughs>